What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. <laughs> Hey, not only is today 420 for the uh, stoners out there, it's also the day that uh, if you're on Twitter, the blue check marks go away unless you pay for them. Uh-oh. Yeah, blue check marks gone. Hey, we talked to David Pierce last hour. He mentioned uh, Longhorn Hoops coach Rodney Terry threw out the first pitch at the baseball game last night. I saw some video of Rodney warming up before his – that dude can bring it. Look like Jeter. Yeah, Rodney's got some smoke. Not that guy. He was bringing it. Rodney's got some uh, – Little baseball skills right yeah, there. I'd love to get Coach on and talk about that. I know he's a basketball player at St. Ed's. When I was a he coached a little football, didn't he? Middle school football. everything, yeah. Like you had to coach everything, didn't you? That was pretty good. He's a 55-year-old guy. He's zipping it in there. Not bad. Uh, we'll talk to Rodney. Speaking of Rodney, uh, Jeff Howe's going to jump in with us again end of the end of our hour before Light the Tower. He's got some updates on the portal pursuits for the Longhorns uh, in that regard. So we'll have Jeff jump in here. Also, we're uh, talking all things buck on and buck off, talking Longhorn baseball. They won again last night. They play Oklahoma this weekend. Ty's giving a buck on to his Texas Rangers. They won again. They've won 12 of their first 18 ball games. their best start in a long time with the Rangers. They smashed the Royals yesterday, finished off a 5-1 and one homestand. Uh, also, the Oakland A's in baseball, they're going to Vegas. They're following the Raiders. This is pretty nearly a done deal. They bought land, and they're going to build a retractable roof. Because, by the way, to play baseball in the desert in the summertime, you'd have to have a roof. For sure. That could get hot. That'll uh, cost you a smooth sizzly. billion. Yeah, the air conditioning costs. But for Oakland to get out of that Coliseum is, I mean, that place is wretched. Remember the movie Moneyball, which came out a long time ago and how bad the stadium was? Well, it's still the same stadium. Lots They're of still history. playing there. And, uh, oh, my gosh, lots of history in Oakland. Uh, the, the 70s A's, the athletics. Oh, my goodness. Man, they were fun. But um, By the blue. Reggie Jackson. Yep. Ricky Henderson. Was, I mean, the, and, of course, that movie Moneyball. They had great teams, man. Uh, the McGuire, Canseco led teams, the steroid era uh, precursor, but uh, for sure. But uh, they're moving to Vegas. They're, the city of Oakland has said, we're done negotiating. You guys are using us as a leverage with Vegas, and looks like that's happening. Won't be for a few years, but uh, that's a big deal. And uh, I'll say it again, buck on to Vegas. They're going to be NFL, NHL, and MLB. And if you're an Astros or Ranger fan, once the schedule comes out, start when they start playing, oh, they're going to make a trip to Vegas. Sure. To, well, I don't want, well, because Vegas in the summertime sometimes can get a little bit slow. If, you're, if, you're, if your Rangers or your Astros are playing a road trip there, they're going to be in your division. That's pretty cool. I like that. But uh, so buck on to Vegas. I'll buck up, buck off to the Bay Area. We said the Raiders and the A's have both bolted, and the uh, the cities of San Francisco and Oakland are a mess right now. Have you seen what's going on in San Francisco? Like people are out. I mean, like the 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 high rises there have like a forty percent vacancy rate and it's growing like no one there's just big empty buildings and pre-covid it was like three percent to tell you how quickly that's turned uh, everybody's moving their companies to texas and they can work from home now remember when the stats came out that when people were able to wear, live where they wanted to because you could work from home and remotely austin became the boomtown everybody moved to austin and a lot of that came right out of that bay area in san yeah, francisco right. obviously elon musk and uh, tesla are now here so yeah that's uh that's a rough right there. Also, Buck, like in, in 
downtown San Francisco, like Walgreens and Walmart, they're all closing stores because they, they can't control this, the shoplifting and the looting. They, they can't control it. Like people are just coming in and taking things from the If you've ever been on the streets of San Francisco at times, God. it is awful. Doesn't it just smell like poop? Yes. Yeah. They, That's a beautiful American city everywhere. right there. It is a beautiful city in its heyday, but man, well, they just still have the Golden State Warriors. You know what I mean? But uh, For now. And the 49ers, they play out, out further away. And that palatial palace that they're in? San Francisco Giants still draw pretty well down there on the on the on the waterfront, but uh, yeah, now the A's are bolting. That's kind of been a long time coming that that was going to happen. But uh, buck on and buck off. Also, buck off the Tiger Woods. Uh, not not buck off. Hopefully, this gets better for him. But he had surgery yesterday. He had a his team put out a tweet that Tiger underwent a fusion procedure on his right foot, right ankle, and uh, he's going to be out. Probably won't see Tiger again this year. We saw him at the Masters make the cut and then withdraw. But uh, this recovery likely. Ends his year. Yeah, I mean, he was only going to play in the majors anyway. Yeah, and he withdrew from the first one because of that pain. And, um, you know, it's – it's who knows? Who knows if he can ever get back and, and play golf again at a competitive level? Probably you – know, I, I don't think he so. He says if it was in a cart, he could. If it was in a cart, he could compete. His, his caddy said if you guys could – if Tiger could use a cart, he could win. He no, just can't walk gonna, it. He, and he won't do that. He won't. And it's, it's what I said earlier, but it's ironic that, you know, when his, his teammate at Stanford, Casey Martin, remember that whole lawsuit, the Americans with Disabilities Act, and could I use a cart? Because he had the the birth defect he was born with, right? Mm-hmm. That he needed a cart to compete. He won that case, but Tiger opposed him. Tiger and most of the golf world and the professional golfers opposed that. Now, so Tiger will never advocate for him using a cart, but I bet the TV network would say, sure they would. we'll advocate for it. Can we get Tiger on a cart? We need him on TV. That'd be great. But um, that's the state of Tiger Woods right now. State of Tiger Woods. We yeah, also, he can go play with the locals at his club and stuff with his cart. He'll be fine. Last week, maybe on this day, that we discussed the Matthew McConaughey-Woody Harrelson drama, and it got all confusing. I read the story wrong, or the story was written wrong, whatever it was. But we really got convoluted on it. But turns out now that Matthew McConaughey, the story basically is this, that Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, longtime friends, may actually be brothers and share a father. And it came out last week on the Kelly Ripa, an interview with Kelly Ripa, as those two were promoting their new show, which is coming out Kelly on Apple Plus. Kelly and Mark Consuelo. Uh, very handsome man. Consuelo. Yeah, Kelly Ripa's Is he a thing. handsome man? Is he a good-looking man? Well, he's a soap opera actor. They were both. She was in a soap opera at the time, was she not? Kelly Ripa? Yeah. I don't know. I think she was on. She was always with Regis. <laughs> Regis and then Michael. I tell you what, I accidentally watched the Drew Barrymore show the other day. How was that? Solid? I, it kind of... Off the rails. They were talking about a lot of lady stuff that I didn't want to hear about. Well, who do you think watches that show besides you, Ty? Besides me. Why do you think I liked Oprah back in the day when I was yeah. like one of the dudes watching Oprah when I was stay-at-home dad? Well, learn about the ladies, listen to the ladies. Well, so... uh so last week that came out and, you know, it became a conversation that maybe Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are actually half-brothers, which would be odd. Uh, and it all stemmed – and so the point of, of this morning mentioning it is that last night on the Stephen Colbert show, Woody Harrelson was on and put another log on the fire and said, yeah, the timeline la- matches up that my father, my late father, apparently was could have been with Matthew McConaughey's mother – about nine or ten months ahead of Matthew being born, and he, she was in the middle of her second divorce from Matthew's dad and this whole thing, and that he wants to do a DNA test. He wants to go to the 23andMe thing, which you've done, mm-hmm. 
And apparently, just like we said yesterday, last week, Matthew's not so so sure about it because, you know, he's known one father as his father for 53 years. He's not sure he wants to, to change that, even if it could be true. Would you want to do that? No, I don't need to know. No. And I, my, my buck off is for the mom who should have taken that to the grave. Yes. You don't need to be telling me. They both have told the story now that they were in Greece vacationing together. and her, Got know, hammered. Matthew's mom was there, and she had some, some drinks and started flowing some knowledge and said, oh, yeah, I knew your, I knew your dad, Woody. I knew him. You know what I mean? With the raised eyebrows, and that's raised suspicions, and now she doesn't deny it. And so, yeah, Matthew's not sure. But, but Woody's point last night on the Colbert Show was, hey, you know, yeah, you may have to you may take spun for a loop of who your father is, but you'll also gain a brother. You'll gain me as your brother. Now okay, we'll I'll just miss out of that part. That's how I'd be. <laughs> well, they're already best buddies. I don't know. That's yeah, story, Ripper, where she, she and, and her husband met on All My Children. Ooh. So she's just not, she was a soap opera lady, huh? She wouldn't be able to make it on. Days of Our Lives, though. Days of Our Lives. That's right. It was kind of rough. I never watched All My Children. Was that an ABC product? It was. It was lots of blondes, dudes and gals. Somebody said, are we not going to mention his dad was a hitman? Well, that's true. That's a true story. We told that last We've got to have that, don't we? We have to have that part in there. You can't miss that. Well, if Woody Woody Harrelson's dad is actually was a hitman. Yes, he absolutely was. Yes, we've said that before. And that's true. It's a true story. Uh, but so we'll watch that buck off to the mom. But that led us to to Ty revealing that you don't have to tell the whole story, Ty. But you're, apparently your mom has told you some things in the past that threw you for a loop. I was like, what? Yeah, I've I've had a who could be the father situation in my early life. But obviously, I look too much like my dad. To, for there that you to go. True. You don't need a test. No. Twenty three and me. I'm telling you, twenty three and me. Get it done. That's funny. That's... I got to do is spit in a jar. That send it? it off. Don't you have to spit like eight times or you got to fill up this vial? Is that right? Yeah, right, but so then you're you're contributing to like them building the human human genome and being able to clone people. Not with my stuff they don't want. And then if you ever, you know, get caught for a crime or something, they can they can use that as evidence. Oh, they can get you anyway. You get caught for their – they'll find that I don't know. There's that serial killer in California that after like 50 years, he did a 23andMe test and they, that's how they caught him. Really? Yes. Oh. I don't have any plans on killing anybody. Well, don't do not do that. You know what I mean? I have no plans on you, that. You're not the Rainy Street Ripper? Oh, no. All the dead bodies in Lake, Lake Travis. It's just Lake, a coincidence. Uh, Lady Bird Lake. Just a coincidence. They happen, they happen to be in their How 30s. How many is it now? I think, I think we're at six. I'm going to say a half dozen. You know what we need to ask about the Rainy Street Ripper is uh, Bob Cole. You know Bob Cole would know. Oh, of course Bob Cole know. investigate those things? He knows probably the there's a fire out there, and believe they, me, he knows where that is. He probably said it. <laughs> wow. No, but you know, doesn't Bob like know the chief and stuff? He knows the chiefs of everything. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like Bob would know the chief, and, and the so if there is a, you could you could understand the APD and the authorities not wanting to scare the public. By oh, you saying think he has that intel? A, he may have that intel. He'd be. He, is, he is Bob Cole, by the way. He is Bob Cole. Or maybe we can get Adam Wagner. He may know. Adam Wagner may have some intel, too. Adam <laughs> Wagner might be Batman. Jeez, the boys. Well, he, the, the commercial he records sounds like he's in the Bat Cave somewhere. <laughs> hey, this is the Wagner Wire. We're giving you picks. Ty, by the way, is where you get the picks. He hit a five-legged parlay last like that. Well, you, you can catch me on the Wagner Wire on Sundays from 
tend to. You put those out well. on Twitter, right? You put your picks out usually. So a lot of the times I'll do it beforehand, um, but I mean, any. I'm not. I, that was my only bet yesterday, and it's a one for one, 17, 18 units. Winner. Good job. And I like if, if it's that big, I'll put. I'll gloat about it. I'll post it on Twitter. Well, we got to get you ready for the Derby. Hey, somebody sent us a mugshot of uh, Woody Harrelson's dad, and it does look a little bit like Matthew McConaughey. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to say. You know what I mean? Thank you for the mugshot. And it doesn't look a heck of a lot like Woody Harrelson. It looks, <laughs> looks like McConaughey. More looks like Woody. This thing's going all over the place. Wow. wow. All right, buck-ons and buck-offs. It says, it says 2008, there have been 30-plus bodies in Lady Bird Lake. You could look it up. Well, there are people that drive their cars off the ramps into it. I mean, there have been there have been women that were found there. There have been, you know, folks. I can't call them homeless. What what are they experiencing homelessness? Experiencing homelessness, or just don't have a damn house or an apartment that have fallen in. But I, I don't get this. This is not a coincidence. This deal that's going around right now. I don't know what you want to call it. Well, the latest was way down at the Longhorn Dam, so not anywhere near that's Rainy so Street. Yeah. Well, you can fall in down to that area, and you're a goner. Well, isn't that right by Carlos and Charlie's, right? Didn't uh... so where the Commodore is, where yeah. Paul's boat is, and all that now, stuff. Now, was the body found in the up by the Carlos and Charlie's, or was it down? I got to believe it's probably below the, the other dam. side of the dam. Because remember when the dude like went through the dam, went over the dam, and got his the clothes ripped off? He was like, doing a kayak or something. That's a crazy story from years ago. It's quite the fall down there to the bottom of that. That ain't no fun. <laughs> no. I mean, it's not Niagara Falls, <laughs> no. but it's still not a cool thing. Uh, without a doubt. Hey, coming up, as we said, Jeff Howe will lead us through some thoughts on the uh, the Longhorns' pursuit of portal players in basketball. We're also talking NFL draft. Can I give you, uh, because the buzz is Bijan Robinson. We've said that over and over again. Everybody's talking about Bijan. Uh, I heard Rod and Harge playing some great sound from Todd McShay this week that he's been told, he's talked to multiple teams who have Bijan Robinson rated as the second best player in the draft, um, and that's how highly they think of him. He also talked about a team that McShay talked to that, you know, a scout who said, you know, we, we we would consider using him like Debo Samuel. Like he would be just, you know, not just a running back. We're gonna and we we've talked about that, that this is something Bijan can do. And Bijan has good enough hands, runs good enough routes that he's not just a running back. So when you talk about running backs aren't valued, but teams are looking at Bijan saying he's not just a running back. We can use him all over the place. That's why I still think Atlanta makes the most sense at eight, because mm-hmm. their young coach, Arthur Smith, that's how they use Corderell Patterson. That's how they want to run the football. Uh, you know, Arthur Smith's a real creative offensive guy, and they, in previous drafts, they drafted Drake London, the big receiver out of USC last year, up high in the top ten. They also, remember, they, they were the team that drafted Stinky Pitts. Yes, Kyle they Pitts. did. That's right. And they have a young quarterback in Desmond Ritter. And this offseason, the Falcons have loaded up on defense. They think they can get it done with Ritter. Well, you wonder, do they think that uh, – who's the big back that they brought in last year, Ty, the, the thumper out of BYU? At, at, uh, uh, Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier. Mm-hmm. You know, do they want to stick with Cordero Patterson? Or Think about this. I mean, just big picture. If you're – you know, the Falcons have not been good since Matt Ryan took them to the Super Bowl and they collapsed to the Patriots. But, I mean, you, you talk about – if Desmond Ritter, which people don't – he was a really good quarterback at Cincinnati. Right? He was two times the conference player of the year, took him to the Final Four, really a steady player. You put good players around him. If Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and you add B. John Robinson to a better defense – that becomes an interesting team in a winnable division, and Bijan becomes your ultimate weapon, right? You're using him like Christian McCaffrey. You're using him like uh, like Alvin Kamara back in the day. That could be worth the eighth pick, eighth pick in the draft, right? I mean, that, that, that changes your game. We talked about the Eagles at 10. 
Uh, I talk about the Texans with their second first-round pick if they want to go there. Sure. Tennessee at 11 if they're really thinking about trading Derrick Derek Henry. That's the interesting one to me. Is is that really going to happen with Derrick Henry? Will they really trade him? They're trying I mean, to, it's would the new, Cowboys be open to that? I it's mean, a new regime. Wow. It's a new regime. And, again, we always talk about how quiet it gets in the last couple of weeks before sure. the draft. and that's. But, man, you know the trades pick up on draft night. I mean, it was draft night last year when A.J. Brown got traded from Tennessee to Philadelphia. I mean, trades get done on that night. I mean, trades that have been talked about and discussed have been all the way back to the combine and the owners' meetings. And then they come to fruition on that night. That's why I think the Aaron Rodgers deal will go down on draft night. I think the Lamar Jackson thing could pick up just after the draft once you know the three you know the three days of picks are in, and there'll be trades that night. And Derrick Henry is one to watch. Sure. Um, you know, last year was AJ Brown. Could Tennessee make Derrick Henry available? Because look, and I think Lamar Jackson things are going to happen there. Well, think about last year with A.J. Brown. It was a no-brainer for the Eagles, but wow. the Eagles, you know, you're on the clock all of a sudden, and they call and say, hey, what about A.J. Brown for that pick? Okay. Oh, we'll do that. But you want people on a clock, right? That's when you can't think and hem and haw about it. He's got to make the pick. And, uh, you know, that went down. And then, of course— That was so huge last year. Pretty shrewd of the uh, of the Eagles, though. Remember, they made another trade later that, that with New Orleans. New Orleans wanted to come up to take uh, Chris Olave. So they had, and that was for because the Eagles had traded down, and uh, the, the Saints came up to get Chris Olave, and they gave up this year's first round pick to them, twenty twenty three, and then the Eagles then traded their pick for AJ Brown. Yeah, I, I, and, and I still can believe they traded him away, but they needed so much. But more. that's why the Eagles have two picks now, right? Because of that Saints pick, that's why they mm-hmm. have the tenth pick, which could turn into Bijan Robinson. They still have their own pick at thirty, uh, so they have two in the first thirty, so they could take Bijan and still fill a need at number 30 overall in the first round. That's smart work by Howie Roseman last year. Well, if year they get B. John Robinson, they don't need any more needs in offense. they got enough wide receivers, running O-line. backs, tight ends, O-line, yeah. quarterback. Now what you do is, you know, you're, you're missing a defensive lineman. They'll find some money on defense. Well, and at that point, I know, you know, Philadelphia has not always been so fond of Howie Roseman, the general manager, but if they take Bijan to cap that thing off, what a build job they've done. They always build on the offensive and defensive line. But, again, they took Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, two drafts ago. He's been great. They draft, They traded their pick for A.J. Brown, but mm-hmm. also made a trade with the Saints to acquire another pick this year. They drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round a couple years ago before you know, my head of – remember, they still had Carson Wentz as their starter, and they still take, took Jalen Hurts. And how has that turned out? That's pretty. That's pretty good organizational team building right there by the Philadelphia Eagles. And if they cap that off with – you know, take Bijan at ten, and then a, a top corner, whatever best corner is left. Yep. Uh, at, or or offensive lineman at at thirty. Pretty good team. And Cowboys really like what they've done this off season. But you, you're you're now chasing the Eagles because uh, you know they've they've really done good work. Just be boring, Cowboys. Find yourself another offensive lineman. And the Cowboys have done a good job on draft night too. I mean, that's that's been over and over again. If they do it again, you know. And Todd McShay got Cowboys fans excited because he talked about he wouldn't be surprised. To see the Cowboys make a splash and try to go up to take uh, the player like Bijan Robinson if he slides far enough, they're not going to go too high because they don't have the ammo to do it. But to go up uh, if he's sliding through the, the the middle teens into the back of the teens, maybe go up and get him. Uh, and I thought what Todd McShay said on I heard it on Baldwin Lie was interesting that the Cowboys covet a back to complement covet was the word he used getting a running back to complement Tony Pollard. They love the whole two headed monster idea. Um, and they'd love to get that. Now, could that be our guest of last hour, Roshan Johnson? In I think a, in it would the third be round scenario. Him, yes. Or would they go up to get Bijan or stay where they are? And, you know, one guy to look for, Ty, we haven't talked about. I mentioned TCU's interior lineman, Steve Avila. 
if the Florida offensive lineman Osiris Torrance, great name, if Osiris Torrance were to fall to the Cowboys, that would be a no-brainer. He's the best interior player on most everybody's boards. He may go sooner, but right where the Cowboys are is about where those guys start going off the board. That's why I think the Cowboys are in a place where they could take Torrance if he falls. If one of those, there was a mock draft recently that came out that the, had the Cowboys taking Clemson defensive tackle Brian Brissee. You know, if one of those guys, because there's you know, one of those top interior tackles or offensive guard center type players is there at 26, I think the Cowboys have to consider that. Cause For that's, sure. You know, that's, and then get your running back later, because if you don't get Bijan, he's already gone. Fulfill, fill that spot. And Torrance would be a, he'd be a dude in the middle. That guy is long arms, big, uh, played on that Florida team with Anthony Richardson. Uh, you know, the Cowboys are thin on their offensive line. They could use. They need backups. Well, but it would be weird to take a, a, a player potential backup with your first round pick. But at the same time, it's it's a position of need. and they're gonna because he's gonna play. You just have to know someone's gonna get hurt, and you, you got know, tight. That group you still have with Tyron the Smith on your oh, team. Oh yeah, that's right. Who's an injury waiting to happen at his age? They're they're still penciling him in, and Tyler Smith. They're would, penciling him in as the starter and ready to go and play, right? Yeah, for twelve games. Yeah. Well, that's probably why they could take a lineman in that spot, just predicting. Okay, we're gonna lose him for a month or two, and. That's where we can put Tyler Smith back to left guard. We got this rookie that can man the guard position. Uh, Connor, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's a if it's not running back because you can get running back if it's not Bijan, like Roshan and, and some of these good players to pair with Tony Pollard, second, third round too, because that's that's where those guys are going to be. But Bijan special, Bijan special. I'm yeah, going, if he goes a week he, out, I'm hanging my hat on Atlanta. Yeah, and I also would not like Philadelphia to have the kid from Alabama. To add to their passing game, either coming out of the backfield, that dude, or just lining up out there as a wide receiver. That's that's a lot of wide receivers and tight ends for Philadelphia. I'm going to go with Bijan to Atlanta. And I think Cowboys, immediately Longhorn fans will be like, oh, man. But keep in mind, they they got a young quarterback. They've got some young weapons. They've rebuilt their defense through the draft and free agency this offseason. They have a young coach who came in from Tennessee. Doing a good job. I don't think that would be a terrible spot for Bijan. And you guess what? The city of Atlanta would love him. He'd be a star in that city. Big time. Yeah, he would. I'd be a, I think that would be a good spot for him. Uh, better than Philadelphia two picks later. Because nobody likes the people of Philadelphia. Bunch of jerks. <laughs> but they would love Bijan, too. Yeah, they would. Hey, we'll come back. We will. He's uh, already pick... been there for a visit, remember? Oh, he did. Yeah, he spent time there. But Atlanta picks ahead of them. You know what I'm saying? All right, we'll be back. Looking forward to this draft, man. There's so much unpredictability. All we know is Bryce Young's going number one. And then after that, who the hell knows? That's kind of how. When we're out at our Pluckers draft parties, Buck, and we're having our guest general managers try to make guesses and win, it's going to be, this will be one of the tougher tougher draft nights we've had in a while, I think. Remember the craziest one was the night that uh, Laramie Tunsil, right before the draft and the gas mask thing came out? He was supposed to be the first pick, and right as it's coming out, that comes out, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen now? Uh, this one has some shades of that because Houston could do something silly at two. Cardinals could do something silly at three. And then, of course, there's the four teams that have multiple first-round picks, including Houston. What if the Cardinals took a quarterback? That would rock the that? boat. Wouldn't that rock that boat? Kyler would be pissed. <laughs> oh, that's what I want. That's so bad. I want them to take a quarterback and then look at Kyler Murray's face. Show me that guy's face while he's playing his video games. All right, we'll be back. B&E with you. Uh, Jeff Howe, as we said before we're done here, we'll give you an update on uh, portal pursuits for the Longhorn basketball team. Take your thoughts and buck-offs and buck-ons on b and It's Bucky and Aaron. 
Talking NFL draft on the way to the timeout. One thing to keep in mind, if the Cowboys do indeed covet a running back to pair with Tony Pollard, and they don't get B. John Robinson or they don't draft Roshan Johnson, you know that the Cowboys have an assistant director of college scouting named Chris Vaughn. <laughs> Chris Vaughn is the his son is a kid named Deuce Vaughn. Who uh, anything about Deuce to the Cowboys at five five one eighty? Oh, he's going somewhere, but he's not going in the first round. He no, can go I mean, later I'm talking on. about fourth round, fifth round uh, for Deuce Vaughn. But his father does happen to work in the building and can put in a good word for him. Uh, and what a you know he's, he plays bigger than he is. Uh, a lot of people are already you know speculating that Deuce Vaughn will end up at Kansas City with Andy Reid because Andy Reid was in Philadelphia with uh, oh, Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles when he came yeah. out of uh, he knows how to work it with the. Little ones. But remember, Darren Sproles started at New Orleans, and then he ended up with Philadelphia when Andy Reid was there, and just a dynamic player. And um, you know that's because if you're going to run with Tony Pollard as your lead back, if you're going to have Malik Davis, who you drafted last year out of Florida, remember he was in that co co backfield with Damian Pierce of the Texans at Florida. Yeah, kind of little scat back like that would be the kind of the piece you're looking for. Uh, and we know Dak Prescott could use more weapons, and um, you've already given him Brandon Cooks and you have a healthier Michael Gallup to go with C.D. Lamb. I wouldn't mind seeing Deuce Vaughn. That guy's a problem. Is City Lamb still their punt returner? Yeah, well. Another one of those guys I hate to see back there returning punts. Well, Turpin. Come on, yeah, come oh, on. Yeah, oh, the all-pro. Yeah. Yeah, let's not forget that part. I mean, he, he had one of the biggest plays of that, uh, like in the playoffs on the, one of those returns. So I, I, I talked smack about him bringing it about, out all year. Right. And he, I mean, bringing the ball out. Yeah, but he showed, he showed up when it, when it mattered most. He was, he was, good he was the uh, USFL MVP of the XFL. Don't forget you know that. Saying, or USFL, whatever he's playing. In. You're gonna have a five teamer on that this week, Ty, on an XFL game, USFL too. I will not be. I'm I'm completely off that train. Both well, of those leagues. I never what, even what got we, on the USFL. Ty, one. Ty, what do you think of Deuce Vaughn with the Cowboys? His father does work for the team. I'm not. The, you can't not mention that. But at the same time, that would be the kind of player that. Look, he's, he plays bigger than he is. We know that. His well, the side, dad has said, you know, they just don't have those discussions. He can't be in the room when they have those discussions. Nah, that would be fair. It's just weird. Well, I mean, everybody around him knows that's our son, and they can they can get some pretty good intel. If they're looking for a running back and they're looking for a change of pace player from Tony Pollard, who can do a lot of the same things but just, you know, get, gets to get a blow, that would be an interesting Well, name. that kid's going to make somebody happy. Somebody's going to get him somewhere, and they're well, going to be excited he, about him. He was a great soccer player here in Central Texas growing up. This great feat, elusive but plays tougher than he is. I mean, I'm not saying he's Austin Eckler, but he kind of plays like an Austin Eckler type player. He's not even as tall as Austin is. But um, and he, you know, the thing this is what everybody loves about Bijan. Bijan is the the elite of the elite prospects we've seen because he's he can do a lot of the things Deuce Vaughn does, but he's 220 pounds, right? And so he can be durable through the tackles. You can throw it to him. I mean, Bijan's everything. But you know, Deuce would be a situational player, and the Cowboys already have their go-to running back. That's Tony Pollard. They do have Malik Davis as a developmental. You know, bigger back. I, I think Deuce Vaughn would be one to watch for the Cowboys. I also like the idea of Roshan Johnson, who we spoke to earlier on the show. Well, I like that, too, and I like the idea of the kid Miller from TCU ending up there not in the first round. Kendra's. Right, Kendra Miller? I, I like that Kendra plays with a chip on his shoulder. You know, he was kind of under-recruited. Um, and that cat is fast now. Well, remember when he came in here to Austin last November and they beat Texas in that night game, and Kendra Miller had the long touchdown run and ran away from the Texas defense and then afterwards was asked about outshining Bijan. And Roshan, and he said, "Oh yeah, I'm the best back in the Big 12." I'm the, you know, he didn't back away from it, no. which you like. I like that about him. That uh, underappreciated. I do like Kendra Miller quite a bit uh, out of TCU, and he tested well. 
He's another one to keep an eye on for sure. All right, so NFL draft one week out. Can't you tell? We're jonesing for it. Also, Bucky's golf tournament, the Mullet Open, is coming your way two weeks from today. It'll be the mini Mullet on Thursday. Buck, is there? Did you mention that Travis Tindall, Hayes City Store? I did. He's yesterday, cooking up the burgers yeah, he's for the mini Mullet. Burgers for the mini Mullet. I want to thank and then Wayne. I want to thank uh, Travis at Hayes City. He and they're going to jump on and help out with the Eyes on Texas podcast as well as a, as a founding underwriter and partner of that podcast I'm doing with Mike Craven. So thanks so much to Travis. Love what they do at Hay City Store and uh, and Ice House and certainly at the new Taste on Main, the great restaurant in downtown Buda. Uh, but they're going to be part of that mullet open. And then it's uh, for Friday for the big mullet. Oh, yeah. Louis Miller Barbecue in Taylor, Texas. Our buddy Wayno Miller. Yes. That's going to be unbelievable. I can already, already can't wait to play golf. Drink some some cold Bud Lights, and then I can't wait to eat that barbecue. Because I Wayno, won't be. Wayno has makes some of the greatest chicken I've ever tasted. Yes, I said, he I does. said, I said that that won't be for everybody, will it, Wayne? He goes, Oh, Buck, just for you, just for you. you know, and tie and tie. You know, it's always good after you play a round of eighteen, and it's really hot, and then you get a little bit cool. Because now, where where you have the food at the Mullet Open at uh, high, it's air conditioned inside. It's air conditioned now, so you get yeah. in there, you cool off a little bit, get some fluids in you. And then you get that macaroni and cheese. Oh, oh yeah. man, that's something. I don't eat that a lot, but on that day, load it up, baby. Yeah, I eat. I eat about two hours after that, and it is still <laughs> delicious. Very cheesy. So we're getting everybody hungry, but that's that's our that's our game plan. We got the draft. Christian cakes rocks. You'll be there that morning for your sweets. We're doing the show live out there that morning. Yes, correct. Absolutely. All right. We'll so. have all kinds of crazy guests on. Lots of sponsors to say hello. Which will be fantastic. I'm trying to get Tito to come out. I need to. I'd love to talk to Tito Beverage and uh, uh, look who's here. Though I know who we'd love to talk to. He is Jeff Howe. Oh no! Quick timeout. Quick timeout. And then Jeff Howe's going to join. He's going to get himself together. He, he, Jeff Howe does look like David Pierce in the third base coach's box. Give me the, the give me the hand signs. We'll get a quick timeout. Then Jeff Howe's going to join us. He'll give us the update on Longhorn Portal pursuits for Rodney Terry next year on Beanie. It's Bucky and Aaron. Look who it is. Jeff Howe has dropped on in from Horns 24-7, the Longhorn Blitz podcast, and, of course, Light the Tower coming up at the top of the hour. Been a few, in a few minutes early today. Appreciate Ty bringing out and buck on for the uh, 420 beats today. 420 music has been our theme. Obviously, it is 420. And uh, in addition to being a week to the NFL draft and uh, ahead of the uh, Longhorn series with Oklahoma, it's also transfer portal season. It opened back on Saturday, and uh, our man Jeff Howe has been finding the very latest on football and certainly on basketball. What's up, Jeffrey? Yeah. Uh, Ty, Ty, can I get a breaking news sounder, sir? This is massive. Massive. Uh, yeah. When you talk about transfer prospects, e, they don't get much bigger than Max Asmus out of Oral Roberts. He's on campus right now making his official visit. Got in yesterday, uh, hanging out with the staff and getting a look around campus today. When you talk about a guy who can be – you know, the franchise, the face of the program, that type guy, you know, hand him the keys to the car. Like Marcus Carr was. This, this, is, this is the guy. Uh, just an absolutely outstanding player during his time at Oral Roberts. Uh, averaged over 20 points a game for his career, 20.8. Uh, career 38%, 39% three-point shooter. Uh, three-time All-Summit League, two-time Summit League Player of the Year. And when Oral Roberts had their NCAA tournament run a couple of years ago, he was uh, one of the big stories of the NCAA tournament. Uh, again, this kid is the kind of guy that, uh, you know, te- the Texas staff, from everything I've heard, they've loved his game forever. And the minute he went into the portal, it was a no-brainer for them to go get him. I mean, this is a guy that you can build your team around if you're Rodney Terry. You get this guy, 
he's good enough to where you can start thinking about, all right, we got Max Aismas, we can go compete in the Big 12, we can go make noise in the NCAA tournament, and he's the kind of guy that once you get into the tournament, he's good enough, he's that good to carry you to a Monday night. Like, he's that dominant of a player with the ball in his hands. He's an outstanding player. Uh, six foot 175, he played high school ball in Dallas, Dallas Jesuit, uh, born in Rockwall, Texas, by the way. But, yeah, big-time performer, veteran player, you know, conference player of the year type, and his name is smelled, spelled A B M A S, but you say it's pronounced Amos. It's Amos. Yeah, he, he's he's the kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that no matter. It's it's almost like a. I know you were talking NFL draft last segment. Like when you think about Bijan Robinson, be like, well, what system could he fit in? Like, well, he could fit into any system. Max Amos is the kind of guy that, and I believe the Texas staff feels this way. No matter what the the makeup of your team is in terms of the pieces you you've got. You take him no matter what, and then kind of figure everything out. Like he's he's that good. He's the guy that you want the ball in his hands in the clutch. He can run your team. Uh, just an absolute, absolutely dynamite floor player. general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how would you see him if again he's on his official visit? That's Jeff's breaking news report. He's here in Austin right now. Um, what uh, would that be a good combo with Tyrese Hunter in the back? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Because Aismas again is the kind of guy you can have the same kind of dynamic you had with Marcus Carr. And again, you look at Aismas; it's not like uh, you know he's just taking a bunch of shots a game and, and is a you know as a guy that uh, constantly needs the ball. He shoots it really efficiently. Like I said, you shoot thirty nine percent, almost forty percent from three. Uh, you're getting the job done. And, and as good as he was. In the Summit League, I think that'll translate to the Big Twelve uh, really, really easily. Uh, you know, I also think too, when you look at what this kid brings to the table, uh, you know, he's a, he, like you said, he, he's a Dallas kid, and to me, there's always something special about kids from the state of Texas that end up coming to play for Texas. I mean, even when you, you know, when you think of the Dallas area, at least me, the first thing I think about is Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, a kid from Seagoville, mm-hmm. came to Texas and uh, had a really good long career in the NBA. But uh, you know, this is uh, this is this is a big a big big prospect for Texas. Like I said, uh, you know, Rodney Terry, um, he can build his roster around Max Aismas. You know, they, they, they're looking for guys in the portal to build around. He, he's a guy that I think a lot of guys would come to Texas just to play for him. Uh, How you know, tall is he once again, Jeff? Six one is what he's listed at. But you watch him, Buck. I mean, he's just such, a, dom- the such a dominant scorer, such a dominant player. Yeah, 20.8 points per game for his wow. career. He I mean, had a season high of 24.5 points he averaged in 2020-2021. Uh, that was the COVID year. Um, I mean, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, Summit League or not, he, he comes to the Big 12, you're thinking about him like – preseason Big 12 player of the year, like he's in that consideration. Yeah, he's a 20-a-night 20, 20 guy, also assists and can shoot it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep it on that. You mentioned last time you were in on earlier in the week with Caden Shedrick, the big man from Virginia, uh, 6'10 and a half, and he's now visiting Missouri, I saw. And that was part of the plan. He's going to come through Austin on his way to Missouri in Duke. Where How do the Longhorns feel about uh, his affinity for the horns. I think the staff felt like they put their best foot forward from what I've heard. Uh, you know, but whether it's Caden Shedrick or somebody else, you, you know, you get Max Aismas. Uh Rodney Terry's been doing this long enough. Uh, and, and, you know, RT's always coached good players. You, you look at the guys he got at UTEP, uh, the guys that he helped bring to Texas uh, that were part of that Elite Eight team. He's always had good players. Texas is always going to get good players. But, like I said, Max Aismas is one of those guys that He's a great player. He's the guy that, you know, he's worth. I don't know if I don't know if war is a you know like war in baseball or I think it's win shares in basketball. You know, whatever metric you're looking at, uh, 
he would be one of your one of the league leaders, one of the national well, leaders. I mean, he's he's. I, I can't overstate just how important he is, yeah. how good he is. Well, it's interesting to me because you know I remember when Jabari Rice came in from New Mexico last year, and you're like, well, New Mexico, New Mexico State, New Mexico yeah. State, and both he was t- t- a lot of times their best player last yeah. year. He those there's a lot of good players that can play in, the, oh, in, yeah. in those leagues, and mm-hmm. this is one of those. Uh, and that's I'm, why that's why I think they they still boy they could use that big six eleven guy who was is as you said on his way back to visiting it is at Missouri now that is that's a body body at six eleven six ten to six eleven that is a body well along and getting, with Ron yeah. Holland and uh, yeah. Yeah. Dylan Dessou back yeah, yeah. If Dylan Dessou comes back you, now you're starting to talk about a team that can go compete night sure. in night out in the Big Twelve without question and if you can compete like we saw with Texas this last year the third you know what Rodney Terry led this team to the third most wins in school history you get to the second weekend of the tournament for the first time in 15 years uh you're 10 minutes away from the final four again it's not like they're just like cool we got that done and RT's got the job and put it in cruise control no they they want to get over that hump get to the final four get to Monday night this is the kind of guy that gets you there remember our friend Nick Shuley was with us on Wednesday yesterday and reminded us that there's a autograph signing tonight it's Texas One Fund. Uh, they've got uh, Christian Bishop, Brock Cunningham, Dylan DeSue, Tyrese Hunter, and Jabari Rice will be down at the uh, University Co-op signing autographs this afternoon, 4.30 to 5.30. So, you know, it might be a good opportunity to f- check in with those guys. We're still trying to get Jabari Rice on the show. I tried to get him today, but we were already jammed up with Roshan Johnson and some other guys, and David Pierce, and Ty- and uh, Jeff was coming in. I-, I would say if you're a Texas basketball fan, that autograph session is a must-go-to because, uh, you know, especially like on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7, kind of the unanimous opinion pretty much is like that that team this past season might have been the most fun team to cheer for for Texas fans I mean probably as good as some of the teams Rick Barnes has probably since the the BMW team I don't think yeah. Texas fans have had mm. that much fun well, they, cheering they, on a basketball they team. weathered so much and obviously the new facility just, yeah well and the, the Chris Beard situation obviously I mean that was that was not easy to deal with in the middle of your season and it's credit to Rodney Terry and those players as much as anybody that you know, when your coach is dismissed in the middle of the season, that the program is arguably still in a really good place. Oh, yeah. and, and that's the reason why RT was Sporting News National Coach of the Year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what about, I saw where Tyrell Morris is visiting Kansas. Yeah, he's a, he's taking a visit to Kansas. Um, he's just Rome, not coming Rome, back Rome, to this place, huh? No, no, no. But, again, you know, Max Asmus would, uh, you know, losing Marcus Carr, losing Arturo Morris, Max Asmus cures a lot of those ills. Yeah, he brings a big-time resume. Max Asmus is the guy to watch for. Also, Tyrese Hunter, as you told us on, on earlier in the week, Jeff, likely to come back. He's going to test those. He's going to do like Marcus Carr did last year, Dylan Sue, test the draft waters, but, you know, kind of knowing – you know he's going to learn a lot about what the team, what the league thinks Absolutely, of him, and be able yeah. to bring that back to the floor. If I'm if I'm a draft eligible player uh, that ha- even thinks I have a shot at the NBA, there's nothing wrong with going through that process, going through the workouts, getting the feedback yeah, from you? teams. Yeah, or you get in front of them already. Yeah, there's an it, opportunity. It's it's almost like a, I don't know what you call it, Buck, like a dry run. Sure. For, for when it comes Absolutely. time to if you, if you think okay, chances are I'm not going to be in a position to be drafted where I don't I'd ultimately like to, but it's a dry run. Now you figure, okay, I need to work on this, this, and this. Right, I'll let you know. Let, let's get back well, to, to it, the 40 and get in the gym and, and make it happen. Yeah, next year will be Tyrese's real draft year most likely, but at the same time you now know what to expect, what they're going to – there's no uncertainty of how the week and the, the, the process is going to go. 
which allows you to prepare for it even better uh, the next time around. I, I know talk, talking to Dylan DeSue about when he went through it last year, he said it helped him a ton just to, to get the feedback and figure out kind of exactly where he stands. Yeah, it's just a candid conversation and uh, knowing how it works. Well, thank you, Jeff. Looking forward to uh, Light the Tower. Yeah, we'll have more uh, at 10 o'clock. Craig and I will have more on Max Asmus and kind of the, the big picture of hey, the portal. Were you at the baseball game last night? I did not go to the baseball game. I figured I could probably sit that one out and – you were correct. Twenty to nothing. Yeah. It was eight nothing. It, right. was, it was eleven nothing after the second inning. That baseball, that uh, basketball staff had a good time at the baseball game. Just the RT on that first yeah. pitch, him firing the ball. Mark, he can playing. fling it, man. He's got yeah. some skills. Uh, you know that was good stuff. Fitty Senny wasn't last night. He was bringing no. the heat, which I like seeing. That was awesome because we've seen some really terrible first pitches at times. But Rodney's was Rodney's a, an athlete. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's what, those, a, that's what us St. Ed's guys do. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a St. Ed's guy. So. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we do. <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. Thank you, my friend. Anytime, boys. All right, uh, Buck. Yes, sir. Buck on, man. Absolutely. Onward and upward. That's what I got to do. We'll do a All Friday. All day today. Uh, T.Y., good luck on another five-leg parlay. Don't or another blow it five tacos. Oh, how's your, how's 420. Your, how's your stomach hand, handle five carne asada tacos? About a five-hour nap. Did, did Tyrus have five tacos this morning? Yesterday. 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 Five. 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 Yeah. Carne asada and cheese. At two, they weren't enough. Went back for three more. Carne asada and cheese. What was that? You might need to go see the see the doc. That's bubbling up. I got to think. Yeah, four twenty. He's gonna be even hungrier today. Oh man. Yeah. Enjoy your four twenty today, Ty. If you're gonna partake, uh, we'll we'll hear all those stories coming up. Y'all, please be careful the, out the there. BGs. He's hitting Tyrus later this afternoon. And, you know, do something at four twenty today on four twenty just to. To honor Bob Marley. Our honor Bob Marley. Smoking if you got him. Have a wonderful Thursday. Light the tower next. Uh, Chad and Zay follows that. And then, of course, they'll hand the baton to Harge and Rod and Patrick and Ball Don't Lie. Have a good Thursday, folks. We'll do it again 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. It'll be a Friday into your weekend. Looking forward to that. If you missed any part of the show, including David Pierce talking baseball, good update on Tanner Witt's progress. Also, our conversation with Roshan Johnson, a lifetime Longhorn legend. That's all gonna, it's all out there, and you can find it on our podcast page at hornfm.com.